Amen. It is good to be here today. As I was standing over there and singing these praise, I thought, man, if Moses was here. I, I noticed the lyrics of the songs as being a testimony of Moses. And I thought, boy, one of these days I'm going to do that. One of these days, we singing that song, I'm going to find Moses and I'm going to be standing right there beside him. I don't know if the guy can sing or not, but I'm going to be there with him, all right? We are looking this morning at the testimony, the example of Moses and his faith from Hebrews chapter 11, our study that we have been doing there. I am Pastor Roger, staff pastor here at Holland Chapel, and it is good to be with you this morning. I hope today that you are as excited about being here as I am. As we look in Hebrews today, and as we look at Moses, Moses is one of those individuals in the Scripture that when we talk about Hebrew history, Moses is one of the ones that we're going to say is one of the great ones. You know, he's right up there. If you're talking about a discussion, you know, about the goat, the greatest of all times, well, Moses is up there. He's up there with Abraham. He's up there with uh, Isaac and Jacob and uh, the prophets, Elisha and uh there's another prophet in the Old Testament too, isn't there? Isaiah. There you go. Thank you, Keaton. I always need a little bit of help. Moses was a tremendously important individual that God used in his preservation of the people of Israel. Sometimes when we look at Moses, we might be a little intimidated to think that well, you know, he was a great one. And God used him because he was great. I'd like for us to look in the text this morning and for us to see what the Bible says about why God used him and how God used him. I think there's something for us to learn there today that, that's going to apply for us. When we look at Moses' accomplishments and we see him as a leader, a miracle worker, a prophet, a writer of scriptures, we see and recognize his fame and recognition as he is written of in the scriptures. He is depicted in art by some of the great artists of all time in paintings. He's had movies made about him and they got the big stars of the day to play his part. We see that Moses is very important and this idea that's kind of popular in our culture right now of the goat, you know, the greatest of all times. By the way, goat didn't mean that back there in my day. But that's okay. We, we'll use it in our modern day culture today because we're seeing it today in the world. Even as you watch the basketball games, I, I'm sure that you recognize some of the advertisers for soda pop as playing on the greatest of all times. And so... Uh, the soda pop industry is trying to figure out which one of these drinks, you know, is going to be the greatest or is the greatest. I just, you know, if I put my two cents worth in on that, if it doesn't come in a clear glass bottle with embossed and raised uh, logo on it, if you don't have to have a pop top to open it up, and if you don't have salted peanuts to go in it, it ain't the goat. <laughs> and if you don't understand that, ask your grandparents. Okay? Looking at Moses this morning, 
from Hebrews chapter 11. Let's begin reading today here in verse 23. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger, he kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the doorpost so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborns. In this text regarding Moses this morning, we see decisions, choices, that Moses made. And when we ask ourselves the question about what set Moses apart from so many other people, what, what makes Moses one of those individuals that is in this chapter of the Bible? A list of, of many that have displayed a tremendous trust and faith in the Lord. How is it that Moses came to be this person that he was. And was his greatness or was his ability what enabled him to be used by God? The reason we're considering Moses this morning is in order that we might not only learn about him, but that we might also learn about ourselves. And that we might learn from God what God's plan and design is for us to be able to serve God in a way that is pleasing for Him. Because see, one of the things that we so often struggle with is the idea of greatness. And we tend to think that great people can do great things. But I'm not great. And so I can't do great things. We even to the place that we, we look at ourselves and we say, I can't do anything. And the lesson from Moses this morning is for us to learn, and I'll just go ahead and give the secret away right now. It wasn't Moses. It was God. You see, Moses came to a place in his life where he made good decisions. Not always. We understand he made some doozies of some whoppers of some poor ones, right? But we understand that Moses saw that he needed to choose wisely. And if we can learn the lesson that Moses learned, then we can emulate him. He can be our example. And we can please God by following Him in whatever plan and path He has for our lives. 
Now there's not a one of you here today that God has chosen for you to be Moses. If God would have chosen you to be Moses, you would have lived a long time ago. And you wouldn't have heating and air conditioning in your home. But God has chose you and has a plan and a purpose for you. And if we will learn Moses' example and apply that to ourselves, then the Lord can use us as well. Moses is pictured here from the very beginning of his life as having been exposed to God's purpose and God's plan and God's word. We see through the text, there are several things mentioned here, and we know there are many other things in the scripture where Moses made wise decisions. And those decisions that he made were based on something. And so one of the things that I think we can learn in this text today is how Moses came to the place that he trusted God enough that he made these decisions and what they were based on. I believe that Moses had a conviction. That Moses had a deep belief. And that moved him in these areas of decision. We see in, in the text here that, that Moses is convinced that the things of God are greater than the things of Egypt. The things of God are greater than the things of this world and what it can offer. We see in the text that Moses chose to identify with God's people, the people of Israel. He chose to be who God made him rather than who Pharaoh's daughter could make him. He chose that God's plan and purpose for him was greater than what Egypt's plan and purpose could be for him. We see that he chose God's promises. He believed the promises that God had made to Abraham and that he was a benefactor of because of his descendancy from Abraham. That those promises were real and that they were valuable. And in this text, we see that the text gives reference to the Christ. Understand and remember, take note, Jesus came a long time after Moses was in Egypt. But Moses, even in Egypt, knew that God had made a promise that he would send a Messiah, a deliverer, a rescuer. And Moses had confidence that God would do that. And he was looking forward to the provision that God would make. You see, he saw God's promises, even through Abraham, as being greater than any promises that any Pharaoh could ever make. And so the most powerful man in the world during the days of the Egyptian empire could not match the promises of God in Moses' eyes and in Moses' heart. We see also that Moses counted the wealth of being a follower of God. 
greater than all the wealth of Egypt. Understand and remember here that this is during the time that Egypt was the strongest, wealthiest empire at the peak, at the height of the Egyptian empire. And so whatever the world, whatever Egypt might would have been able to offer, according to Moses, it wasn't enough. It didn't compare to the wealth that would be his in Jesus and the wealth that would be his through the Father's promise and provision. Now, when we look at Moses and we see these decisions that he made, we probably ask ourselves the question, how did he come to these choices? How did he get from where he was to this place? It's a good question for us to ask because, you know, what's really behind that question is, how can I get from where I am to that place? To that place of absolute confidence and trust and faith in what God says. I think there's some things here that help us to understand. A lot of times we see the experiences of life and we think sometimes that it is the experience itself that actually gives us and spiritually nourishes us with what we need. But I think there's something even more powerful than just the experience. We look in the text here and we see that when Moses was a baby, the, the, the law had went out from Pharaoh that all of the children of a certain age group were to be cast into the Nile River. But the scriptures tell us here that Moses' parents hid him for three months because they saw that God had given them an unusual child, a special child. They, they recognized that God is doing something. God has a purpose here. And so they obeyed God rather than men. They were not afraid to disobey Pharaoh the king because they knew that God had a purpose and a plan. I wonder as Moses' mother held him in her arms, cradled and rocked him and singing him a lullaby. If he heard words, something similar to this. Sleep, little Moses, rest for a while. Don't fret about no old crocodile. Parents, it's never too early, they're never too young to hear what God's got to say. And yes, I know that they're not going to understand it right then, but one of these days they will. Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old he will not depart from it. Speak to your children about God. Speak to your children about God's plan and God's purpose. Speak to your children about faith and trust in the God who created them 
and brought them into existence and who has a purpose for them. Moses' parents, they had faith. They demonstrated and displayed that faith. Moses experienced many other things. Perhaps we would think of the burning bush. I've thought of that. You know, if I saw the burning bush, that would get my attention. But it wasn't the fact that the bush didn't burn up. It wasn't consumed. That wasn't, that wasn't the, the big deal. The big deal is what God said. The burning bush was just, it took that to get Moses' attention. Sometimes we might be like Moses in regards to that. We feel like we're out here in the desert and finally the Lord does something that gets our attention. And when he gets our attention, the biggest thing is not that he got our attention. The biggest thing is that he wants to tell us something. The big thing is his word, what he has got to say, that he speaks. We see whenever God met with Moses and was telling Moses about what he was going to do in Egypt, it was great and a wonderful thing that God would tell Moses that he was going to deliver the children out of Egypt. But then God said, Moses, go tell Pharaoh <laughs> that this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> you see, it's one thing It's a little bit different, perhaps, that we would think that God would tell us his plan. But then we would think, and he expects me to carry it out. You see, God gave his plan to Moses and Moses was a big part of it. We see Moses demonstrates faith. We see that Moses demonstrates obedience. We see that Moses demonstrates patience. We see several things there. But I, I think what I want us to focus on for just a minute is, is thinking about how did Moses come to this place where he was doing these things? that God asked him to do. And I believe that could be summed up in the word conviction. That Moses had conviction concerning the word of God, concerning God himself. And that whenever God spoke, that was truth. The word conviction is defined as persuasion, being persuaded or being convinced of something. I think in this context that we're looking at it biblically, the way that we want to see Moses, and as we see in this text, that Moses had weighed things out, and that conviction is really weighing things out. We hear things, we see things, we experience things, and we weigh a matter out to the extent that it reaches the very depth, the core of our being. And you see, Moses had heard from his parents. He had seen in his life, he had seen and been taught, and he had heard the word of God. And because of that, he had come to hold it as truth and believe it. 
The scriptures tell us earlier in the book of Hebrews it's recorded that the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And it divides as deep as anything can be divided. It goes to the joints and the marrow and it discerns our thoughts and the intents of our hearts. You see, the word of God was what Moses had come to recognize was truth. And what God said, he had his confidence and his faith in it. And because he believed that, he was willing to act on it. To step out and to obey the instruction of the Lord. See, Moses wasn't a great man that served God. Moses was a man that chose to obey God. And God used him in a great way. You see, it's about Moses' conviction in his heart. His deep-held core belief, faith, and trust that what God said was real and it was the truth. And for us, Moses as an example. Moses as an example of faith. Moses as an example of obedience. Moses of an, as an example of an individual that God is able to accomplish great things with. Is about Moses' belief and conviction that he could obey God. And that was the very best thing. That there could possibly be. Are we today people of conviction? That's a question that we should ask ourselves. Do we apply the example of Moses? And do we look at ourselves in comparison to that? And do we recognize what worked itself out in Moses' life can also work out in our lives if we follow that pattern? Are we people of conviction? Or are we people that are just running around killing Egyptians? You remember the story in Moses' life earlier in his life in Egypt? There was the occasion that an Egyptian was beating some Hebrews and Moses stepped in and intervened and he looked this way and he looked that way and he didn't see anybody watching him. He didn't think he could get in trouble with this and he took the life. He killed the Egyptian. In that event, Moses stepped outside the instruction of the Lord and he did something that he thought would work. He did something that he thought this is the way to handle this situation. And it didn't work out that way. You see, Moses, in that moment, in that event, he was deceived in his mind as to what he thought would work. And rather than doing something and reacting in that day, in that moment, 
according to God's instruction or something God had told him, he did what he thought would work. He just killed an Egyptian. And it didn't work out. How many times do we do that in our lives? How many times with the situation at hand do we decide we look this way, we look that way, and we think, I got a plan here. This will work. And we haven't heard from God. See, Moses thought that killing the Egyptian would get the job done, and he was deceived in that. The Bible warns us about being deceived. The Bible warns us about letting someone deceive us, whether it be Satan or whether it be another human being. But the Bible also warns us about deceiving ourselves. Because you see, a lot of times, the deception that is perpetrated on us comes from right here. In our own mind, in our own thoughts, in our own intents of heart, sometimes we deceive ourselves because we are acting on our impulse, on our planning, on our strength, and we have not heard from God. You see, a con the difference between a conviction and a deception is this. A conviction is believing God will do what He said He would do. A deception is believing God will do what I said he would do. You see, there's a big difference between looking to God for his word, his instruction in his way, and looking to God and saying, Hey God, I've got a plan. Will you sign off on it? We need to be careful. The scriptures warn us, the writers warn us, Paul warned the Galatians, James warned the Christians, John wrote in his first letter and in the Revelation, warning repeatedly about people being deceived because they received or they accepted, they acted on something other than the Word of God. Are we people of conviction? Are we people that will stand on the word of God? And when we have not received that word, will we stand and will we wait for God to speak? For God to instruct? For God to lead? Have we weighed the word of God and are we convinced to our very core that God's way is the way? The only way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. The prophet Isaiah, speaking of God's ways, My thoughts are, not, are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than your ways, 
And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. You see, God's purpose in His Word for us is the guidance that we need, the truth that we need to make the right kind of choices and decisions. To be able to follow the instruction and the plan and the purpose that God has for us. And so we need to focus our attention on God and His Word. We need to become convinced and persuaded and convicted in the very core of our being, to the very depths of our hearts and our spirits and our souls, that God's Word is always better and greater than anyone else's. And just as we look at Moses, and Moses realized that what God has for him is better than anything that Egypt could offer, that the world could offer, we need to come to that same place. Come to conviction. Come to a place that we would believe with all of our hearts. That to be a child of God is the pinnacle of eternal existence. You can't do any better. I can't do any better. The world can't give any better. What God gives and what God purposes and plans and what God says is so far above anything and everything that the world offers. We need this conviction. And will we learn it from God's Word? Are you ready to follow the example of Moses? Are you ready to prioritize the things that he prioritized? Are you ready to make the decisions and choices that he made? As we take a moment of our service this morning to contemplate where we are as individuals and perhaps to make a choice and a commitment to the Lord today on a personal level. Before I finish this morning, I want to ask you, would you just quietly bow your head, close your eyes, and consider As Moses was willing to leave Egypt and to live for heavenly things, are you willing to leave what the world offers and live for what heaven offers? As Moses defied Pharaoh, are you willing to defy Satan? And say, the Lord is my shepherd. As Moses persevered the hardship that he experienced in his time of life and service, are you willing to persevere today looking to the promises of the kingdom of God that he has promised that is to come? As Moses applied the blood of the Passover to the doorpost of the house, as he claimed the blood of the Lamb as his covering, as his protection, and as the 
solution for provision for all the people. Are you willing today to claim the blood covering of Jesus Christ? Are you willing to say today, Jesus is enough for me? If so, then today, choose what God says about your current circumstances. If you're here this morning and you've never sought forgiveness of your sins, by asking God's forgiveness, by putting your trust and your confidence in Jesus, the one who died on the cross, the one who shed his blood, the one who conquered death, the one who did it all for you this morning. The opportunity is yours to choose Jesus, to choose what God has said. Father God, we come to you this morning and we ask, Lord, today that we might be mindful of what you say and what you have said and that it might take precedent in our lives in our thoughts, in our desires, and in our actions. That we would choose you and that we would look forward to what you have prepared. Bless for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.